You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Mino Line Media presents the Business First Podcast. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with an actress and an entrepreneur. You may know her as the momfluencer, Sherry Conrad, on the third season of the Netflix drama, You. Or you may remember that she played the FBI special agent, Sonia Percy, on CBS's NCIS New Orleans. The reason she's here today is to talk about her new business. It's a new business that she started with product just over a year ago, but she's gonna, she's gonna, she'll fill us in on the rest. She started this in 2019. Please welcome Shalita Grant. Hello, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Shalita. And I didn't mention the name of your, of your company, which is Four Naturals. That's true, and yes. It's it's a company, you know, I've, I've watched several of your interviews. I've been on your website. I've, I'm following you on social media. And anyone who knows you in this, in this business area, in this new entrepreneurship area, can tell that you are really excited about the product that you are bringing to market. And so you come from, and, and you do it honestly, because you come from a line of women who did hair care in your family, your grandmother, your mom, your aunt, and now you are carrying on the t tradition, but you're really taking it to the next level, aren't you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So tell us a little bit about some some of us who have you know watched the Tamron Hall interview or some of the other interviews that you've done, um, know that when you were working on the NCI series, that your hair was a constant concern for you. And it had become such a problem that it was part of the reason why you had left, left the show. And so if you could tell us a little bit about the journey of the struggle with your hair, the challenges that you had, and how in a way it's become a, a big blessing, not only to you, but it's going to bless a number of other women. And I can't wait for you to really get into what this product does, because I think it's going to be able to help a lot of women who have struggled with their hair. So if you can just give us a little bit about your background and, yeah. and what got you to this point. Yeah. So as you already know, um, the show NCIS was the inciting incident. So for me, I was in my, I don't know, my mid twenties, I don't know, it was 26, 27. Um, when I got on the show and it was a dream come true. Um, for me as an actress, any like series that has the potential to go like several years is not only like a blessing, you know, for, for you, for you in the present, but in the future, you know, because financially residuals and, you know, how that the show continues to live and will continue to feed you. So when I got that job, I just thought I hit the lotto. You know what I mean? Like think about Law and Order SVU, like, wow, like they hit the lotto. Right. And so, um, it was a dream come true. And that dream came to a screeching halt when the reality of being a black actress with typical black hair um, became like the sole issue. Um, so one of the things that I like to point out is that the experience that I had, while it was egregious, it was not uncommon. Um, even today, I just worked with an, an actress that is on another procedural and she does her own hair every day to go to work. And so in Hollywood for black actresses, our hair, it's, we're not treated the same. You know, we don't get up at the same time that everybody gets up because we have to do more work before we get to work because the people who are hired to do that job can't do that job. And so it's like you're being gaslit, right, every day. It's like, this is my hair person, but they don't do no hair. They don't do my hair. They don't do my hair. So, um, you know, it, this was about three years 
the first year, um, first full year was my season was season two. And I ended that year with traction alopecia. I went into season three, like total team player, like, okay, you know, y'all balded me, um, but I'm going to come up with another solution because I really want to keep working. Um, so season three, I was like, okay, I'll wear a wig and I'll be the one that attaches it to my head every week. And I'll let you guys, you know, flat iron my hair into this wig every day. And then I got into the middle of season three and I was losing my hair in the front now so by the time I got to season four I started my first day of that episode knowing that I was quitting um we were in the process of breaking my contract because um you know for three years it was the same thing and the result was that I was experiencing damage and that damage over time had become because I had this consistent problem that I was the problem. And maybe if I wasn't on the show, you know, they wouldn't have to deal with the problem. So I thought I'll quit before I let anyone fire me. Um, And that was, it was a hard, it was a really hard decision to make. And there was a lot of fear about what life would be after that decision was made. Right. Because you don't quit a popular series, right? No. That's the That's the thought. I'm sure you were advised that this is not a good move. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when I, when I decided that, you know, come what may, um, I got to do this, um, that it took a lot of faith. And it took a lot of strength. And luckily, I had great reps at the time that had been going through it with me. So they knew that this was an egregious problem, that I had done everything that I physically could do to make it better. And it just wasn't going to change. So for them, too, you know, it was like, hey, you know, by the time I got to the season, end of season three, they were like, yeah, man, the writing's on the wall. Let's let's try to work to get you off. Wow. And, you know, what, and I know you may, you're going to be speaking to a lot of people, whether they are in the arts or not, the fact that, and, and this has been a consistent theme in some of the interviews that I've seen that you've done, is that you said, you know, I had to save myself. And a lot of times we put ourselves, we don't put ourselves first. We put the job first or the, the pot or, or the great opportunity first. We're making the money first. And so um, it's, it's, there's a huge message that you send to women, whether it's about their hair or any other thing that they're experiencing, that you had to put yourself first. You had to save yourself first. Where did you even think that you had the strength, particularly in the um, the field that you're in, where Black women aren't working as often as we'd like to see them. Or sometimes if you get this opportunity and you walk away from it, like you were, like we just discussed, you might, you, the, the, the thinking is you might not get an opportunity like that again. And so what can you say to women who are thinking about leaving something or thinking about moving on for, from a position to, to really own who they are and not be worried that they won't ever work again or they won't get an opportunity as great? Yeah, well, I think, oh man, Sonia, you just like, there's so many things. There's just so many things. <laughs> um, but uh, I think about, okay, so, you know, as a child, I was the oldest child, but I was raised by kids. Like my mom was 18, my dad was 17. So I didn't have like a lot of people like believe like, oh, well, at the end of the day, I'll have my parents. That wasn't true for me. My mom like ditched me at one, picked me back up at five, went to jail shortly thereafter. I got with her mom. Then my mom got out of jail. Like it's for me, there had there had never been like true stability. So I've always had a, a really strong sense of self because, you know, for me, two, three, four years old, who's going to feed me? Like, where is my food coming from? Like, and is she in a good mood? Like, I have to like, make sure that she remembers that, you know, I'm still here, you know? So um, I've always had that like, strong, like survival 
aspect of my like personality and just this like commitment to wonder. I tell the story sometimes that like, you know, my mom, she was a kid. So the neglect and her like not feeding us and not being there, like she she was young and kids make terrible parents. And so there were times when, you know, I'm home with my brother and my sister and we have like an apple, old apple and like some syrup. And I would just cut that up and I would we would speak in accents, you know, like they were hors d'oeuvres, you know, and 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 because I watch so much TV, too, you know, it's like rich people don't even eat like it's OK, like whatever, like we're fancy, you know. So there's always been like this commitment to like just the bright side. And so when even being an actress, like <laughs> like the audacity. Right. But like I I took opportunities and I, I had good luck, you know, Um And then when I got to this situation where it was like, this is it. This is the one, man. There is still a part, as much as I love like wonder and and all of that, there is still just a really strong like self-respect that I've always had. Mm -hmm. Because when you can't even depend on your own mom, you know, you have to start like taking like, I, this is where I begin and end, and this is where everyone else begins and ends. And so if she's not doing her role, then I can't depend on these like ideas of what life has to be. I have to be in the reality all the time. And at the end of the day, I'll never subjugate myself because I didn't do that as a kid. And I had way worse circumstances then. So like, When I was met with, all right, girl, like you're literally doing it. You're doing everything and nothing's changing. You have to be in the reality that these people just don't want to work with you like that. And so as painful as that is to accept, the sooner I am able to accept that, I can deal with the cards that I have. Okay, so what's the moves that you make? Well, you have the door. You never know what's on the other side of that door. But I do believe that culturally, and especially if you're a woman, if you're black, if you're an immigrant, if you're anything that is not like dominant culture, you have ingrained in you this belief that like you only get but so many, uh, 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 so many opportunities, so many blessings, so many whatever. And I don't believe that. I just don't buy into it. And so I just... I think that if you're facing that kind of leap, know that like you've made these leaps before. Like you thought you weren't going to make it so many times before and here you are. So with that knowledge, just take the leap. You might not land where you want to land, but man, you'll land better than where you started, you know? So (laughs) that's such that's such an important message um, for anyone in in, in any situation. So thank you for for sharing that. Obviously, you took the leap into entrepreneurship. So as we mentioned before, um, the skill or the interest, I should say, came naturally because your mom did hair, your grandmother did hair, your aunt did hair. but and and you created this opportunity for yourself out of a, out of a, a, a almost a desperate I hate to use that word but out of a desperate need to um, preserve your own hair, and the result has been incredible. Like you did research. Like this is not just a this is not just another product for your medicine cabinet, right? Because we know women have tons of products that we that we stack and store. This was something that you created to absolutely heal women from where they are in their hair care journey. And the term that I love that's on your website is that this is a progressive um, a product. So this is not only, this is not just to style and wear one time. This is to create a healthy, um, healthy and uh, time restricted, right? Because this is not something that you got to do all day to get your hair right. Um, we can move through it quickly. It's going to be healthy and it's going to be better every time we use it. And so what was the process of coming up with a product that could be so magical for Black women? 
I'm going to let this truck go. Okay. Can you hear it? I can hear it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's gone. We're good now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let me tell you. So I needed to solve this simple but complex problem. The simple side of it was I have typical African-American hair, but I have this atypical career that requires the use of my hair. So the complex part was, okay, what happens when these people do my hair? And what happens with my hair generally? And so when I was able to break down like what my root issues were, and these were just like more scenarios, right? Like my hair doesn't react well when it gets wet. It stands up, it gets stiff, it shrinks, and it gets dry. I can't even look at a flat iron without heat damage. Um, Sweat makes my hair frizz and fro and get hard. Um, You know, just using products, it's inconsistent. One week it works, one week it doesn't. And then what do we have on offer? We have all these chemical treatments, but when you over-treat a relaxer or Brazilian blowout or anything, your hair deteriorates. Your hair doesn't get better. It deteriorates. So for me, it was about it was about functionality. Like I need my hair to be more functional because it's not. It's super fragile. So when I recognized who I could learn from, I had a therapist that was like, you choose your teachers. You know, I was stressed out about someone and they were, she was just like, you don't have to listen to them. You choose your teachers. So I had this choice. I knew the cosmetology board. I knew what the cosmetology board taught. And I knew that that was in part why we're all having such a like haphazard experience in all of these like different chairs. So I found out about cosmetic chemistry. And so I switched my focus over over there. And I looked into India, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and what they were doing for the hair. I put together like, you know, I was just trying stuff in 2019. Because again, I was only focused on me. How can I do a treatment that stays in my hair? right? That every wash day after that treatment, I see the benefit of that one day. And so that's what henna does. Henna naturally adheres to your hair strand and it paves over your potholes if you have high porosity and it paves over that low porosity, like high oil content. And henna is a plant, so it's water. So that water for our low porosity curl friends, adding that water, uh, water particle to the hair, like it makes the hair respond better. So it brings your low porosity to balance, and it brings your high porosity to balance. So when I saw my hair, Sonia, let me tell you about my first pole dance class when I did my hair. Okay, so like hair and intimacy. Right. Like when I started doing pole dancing, it was really just about like exploring a private thing, intimacy, um, sensuality in public, because I never really felt comfortable in public it being in my sensual self because it can be dangerous. So when I was in these rooms and like dancing and I'm looking in the mirror, I kept looking at the top of my head. And I was like, yo, this is really it. This is this is the problem. And so I began, after I left NCIS, this hair, natural hair journey, natural hair acceptance journey. And what I realized was the power that comes with walking into a room with our pre-treatment hair. Like everybody in the room, like it's just like they can't, it's just the bot they can't handle it it's just like oh and then they want to comment and they like it's just so uncomfortable and so I would tell myself every day that I would go in with like my pre-treatment fro like when the least of us is free we are all free Mm -hmm. and so when I go in and I am free and I am unselfconscious and I'm just letting you spaz out and I'm not taking it in and making it about me then 
all of that drops away and people just focus on themselves because that's what you're there to do anyway. And so, but then I start working and I'm wearing the wigs again and now I'm in a different studio <laughs> and, and I'm like flipping over and coming up and I know they can see the back of the thing. I know, I know. I, I know, okay, but I don't care, right? But I do. And so when I I was doing all of this, like, working on myself, right, and I found the right formula, this was like, I think I went in, like, after my third treatment <laughs> because my hair was heavy. Like, the curls was swang-a-langin' and <laughs> there won't nothing nobody could do. And so I remember the first class, and I would do like two or three classes a day back then. And the first class I went into, the girl made the entire, like, I don't know, first 10 minutes of class just about my hair because she wanted me to to say, oh, I was wearing a wig and now I have my hair. Like, I'm it's free. none of your business. <laughs> it's just, she was like, did you cut it? Did you? And I'm like, no, oh, wow. no, but can you please just like do class? But like when I did my dancing, that's when I was like, yo, this is where it's at. When I flipped over and it's just the back of my head and I come back up and the hair is moving, there ain't nothing sexier than some swinging hair. That's yours, right? It's your swing, right? And and I was the only thing swinging with them curls in my hair. Here in Mexico, they call them chinos. With me chinos. So like... I felt special in the way that pre-treatment, I felt the problem, right? I, it's it post-treatment hair. It's just this awe. It's just this like, dang, them curl, all of them, all of them is just curling. Just, and I just want to touch one. I just want to touch one of them, see what happens. What's going to happen to it? Oh my God. It's, it's, you know, it's just exciting. Is There's just like a curiosity about it. And so, you know, that first class for me was super empowering. And it was like, yeah, this is it. The same way I lit on this being my only problem, now that I'm done, I am literally free. And every day... In every way, I get that message validated back to me. You know, if it rains, you know, and I'm walking, I'm like, ah, whatever. My hair loves water and it don't throw. It just curls. Like, oh, I went surfing yesterday. So it was like, oh, I'm going surfing. And I like take my ponytail off and I like shake my hair out. And I put my hair in the ocean, put my ponytail back up. Like, there's nothing like I'm free. I can do what I want. There's nothing that holds me back. Yeah. You know, what's really powerful, well, a lot of powerful things about what you're saying is that most of us have never understood what to do with our hair. We just were kind of raised to believe that it's hard. I, I think women today understand that natural hair is beautiful, um, much more than when I was younger. I, I, you know, I remember going to the salon to get it straightened. And then one day somebody slapped a relaxer in it because she just thought at 11, it was time for me to get right. the relaxer. So most of us, and particularly when I talk about being a little older, we never even knew what, what our hair was. We had no idea what the texture was. And so right. then we did the big chop, right? That became popular to do the big chop. And then we still had to figure out like what products to use. And we would figure it out based on someone saying, oh, you know, this works for me. And so then you would try it, but it doesn't work on your hair, right? Or what worked for you, if you recommended that for somebody else, it didn't necessarily work their hair. So there was, to your point, there was no chemistry, right, behind understanding, like what our hair can do, what it needs, so that it can be beautiful, so that we can swim. We just know, I'll put braids on, you know, I went, I, I was in Mexico last year, and my friends and I were all laughing because we were just like, all the Black women on vacation, we all had either twists or braids or faux locks or, because that's what's going to make it comfortable and allow us to be free and swim you know, with a natural look, if that's, if that's what we want. And so what I love about what you're doing is not just the product, but like teaching women about like what this, what this process is. So even if we go back to the, the henna, so I like that you have reintroduced us to henna because that became, that was really popular, like in the, in the nineties, but then it became, it dries your hair. It's not good for your hair. It breaks your hair. 
but you have found that the henna is actually very healthy for your hair. So what were we doing in the 90s that you are helping us to relearn now? Okay. So first I want to say, thank you for saying all of that. Um, I do want to get across that the Four Naturals treatment simplifies your hair care. It just simplifies it. So all the, the, does this product work? Does that, all of them work because your hair is good. You got good hair. The health of your hair is improved. And all of these products were formulated for good hair. You got it. So they work. Um, but what was your, oh, I'm sorry. What was your question? The, the initial question. Well, so about, um, so what I was saying is I love the fact that you're educating women because we really didn't even understand why we needed to. Okay. <laughs> and then we can go into the it henna. Henna. <laughs> henna. So, so what did I learn? So in my process of figure developing the formula, um, I saw first, it was like the Indian people, people of India use henna. They use it for their beers. They put it on the babies. And so that's in part why they have such a great hair reputation. But every Indian family has their own henna mud mask recipe. So they're adding, it's not just henna and water. The men will do just henna and water on their beards. And you know that it's just henna and water because they're orange, right? They're, they're gray beards. They dye it with the henna and it's orange and it's usually just henna and water. But when you're doing a henna mud mask, you want to add other humectants or other Ayurvedic herbs to solve other problems. So if uh, the henna mud mask that we have now is in sun-kissed brown. So that's henna and I have indigo in there that gives it that kind of brown tint. But then we also have fenugreek. We have aloe vera. I have other humectants in this mud mask, right? It's it's basically a concentrate. And then you scoop out like one to three tablespoons and you add water and get it to a yogurt-like consistency, get it in your hair. But going back, when I was doing my research, I had to do anti-research because when I saw what it was doing for the people of India, I was like, well, why we ain't doing it? Why black women don't do this? This is what we've been looking for. If you're adding 15 products in your hair because in your mind, you're making your hair heavier with these products, you're actually looking for henna because those products, they don't do what you expect them to do. The henna is going to make your hair heavier. So when I thought, Black women need to do this. I was like, yeah, well, I'm not the only black woman that's like thought to use henna. So let's find some black women that failed with the henna that were like, henna is terrible. What I discovered was the majority of these fails, they had two two things in common. One was they used a henna mud mask that had chemical or metallic salts or two they used a henna mud mask and did not add any humectants. So it was just like the henna from the package and water. Or they didn't deep condition after. So they were like, oh my God, my hair is so brittle. But there was no deep conditioning after the henna. So when I when I recognized that the two like commonalities, it's made like two, three commonalities, I thought, okay, now that I know what can go wrong, let me do it the way the people of India do it and see if I can come up with a concentrate, a recipe that works for my particular issues. And so when I did that, I did. <laughs> but my first treatment, I had like that black girl paranoia where I was like, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. It's probably going to frizz up in like 20 minutes. I don't know. But by that third treatment, like I said, it was like my I, I had to come to accept that my hair was just different. And after doing this, 2019, the hair spa, I closed that in 2020. 2022 was when I got the first uh, like actual henna and conditioners. From this year and some change, any person that has had the henna mud mask has had the same experience. They just come to this realization that their hair is different. I had one girl, um, one woman, you know, she prematurely gray, her super low porosity, hard hair, you know, it takes her hours to detangle, tons of hair on the side of the bathtub. She did her second treatment and she was like, Shalita, she's from Philly. I can't fucking believe how I can, I can detangle my hair with water. 
<laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because your porosity is balanced. So when your hair meets water, it just get wet. Like, isn't that amazing? <laughs> it gets uh, wet and it stays wet. <laughs> so the, the, the process of what is it that, that you have understood about this process that allows it to get better every time you yes. use it? Yes. So, okay. One of the the aspects of our hair care, I'll say this part and I'll go into this. Mm-hmm. A hard, one of the hurdles that I have with this treatment is how do you explain water to a fish? That's mm. us. I have to explain to the fish that you are not the water. The water is not you. Water is outside of you. For our hair, these chronic issues that you have are not your hair. That's not your hair. These are issues that your hair has, but this is not what your hair is. All of these issues that you have right now with your hair are solvable. You can solve them, but because we live in a society that devalues our hair and robs us by telling us that our natural hair has zero value, right? And so we spend, 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 spend to cover, to change, to alter, to whatever, right? It, you're fine, man. You just need herbs. That's it. So one of the, the aspects of our hair care that was infuriating, that I was just like, oh, I, I, I need to understand this better, and cosmetic chemistry helped set this right, was your wash day. Your wash day is 15 days long right? Why? It's because you're doing two things in one. You're trying to treat your hair somehow before you style your hair. And the reason you must treat your hair somehow before is because if you try to style it right away, you're going to experience damage and breakage, right? So what we do is we take oil, mayonnaise, avocado, conditioner, you know, bentonite, bentonite clay, rice water, whatever, and you just let it sit on your hair. And the story that you tell yourself about this ritual, because it is just a ritual, it is, a ritual. Mm-hmm, is that the longer I leave this on and you see how silky and smooth this is when I rinse this out man, they ain't going to be able to touch me. And you just hype yourself up. You like, look, when this, when this is done, when this right here, these three hours, oh, baby, it's over for them. And then you rinse it out and it's just standing straight up on you. You're like, God, let me just hurry up and get this twist in or let me do this, whatever. Why is this happening? This is happening because you've heard this term, your hair is dead, right? Your hair is dead. Mm-hmm. In science terms, what they're saying is hair has a negative charge. It's negatively charged. So these avocados, oils, these conditioners over the counter, these masks over the counter, none of these ingredients have a high enough cationic or positive charge to actually remain in our hair after we rinse it out. So again, you're telling yourself, I leave this on my hair when I rinse it out because of the time that it's spent on my cuticles. It has to absorb and become one with my hair. <laughs> it's never going to do that because it does not have the positive charge to do that. Henna does. Cassia does. And so when I saw why the people of India were doing so well with henna, and learning that henna naturally absorbs and coats the strand. It's got the charge, baby, that we need. And the other aspect of henna that makes it special is that progressive aspect, right? So let's just talk about treating your hair with henna. Okay, you treat your hair with henna. What will you experience after this treatment? Well, after this treatment, your hair, when you go to wash it, it's just going to get wet. You don't have to sit with something on your hair because you did a week ago or you did two days ago or whenever your last treatment was. And that henna is still in your hair. It's the henna that's going to react to your products, to your water. It's the henna that's going to react to your humidity. And henna, because your hair is evenly coated, your hair is going to have a very consistent performance and reaction to all of the things that I just listed. And so when you go to wash your hair, you don't need to sit with stuff on. Just rinse it, shampoo it if you got to cleanse it, and then maybe do a little conditioner. 
But baby, once you're done, all you need to do is detangle your hair. When you detangle your hair post-treatment, your hair is curls. That's it. No more fro. It's just set on curls. And then every treatment you do, the henna sticks on to the last one. So when I show people my progressive photos, I let them know we did these treatments nine to 11 days apart, right? So it doesn't matter how your treatment frequency cadence, right? Right. Every treatment, it's just going to get better. And so what you see at the end of the month for, for these women, like they start the month looking one way and they end the month looking like they got a wig on. And it's not. It's just their hair packed mm-hmm. with henna. Because you're physically coating it, the hair just appears thicker. And so that's the progressive aspect of the treatment. And when I made the connection between the people of India with their long, thick, strong hair, I'm like, yeah, that's henna, baby. That's what henna does. <laughs> That's just what henna does. That's what it does. So give us an example because you just, b- before we actually started recording, you gave us an example of this hot tub scene that you did. So please tell the audience how this works for you and how it has allowed you to be really free in all the spaces that that you are that you're acting in. Yes. So as an actress, you know, again, going back, why did I do this? I did this to solve my own problem, right? I have this Thank God. typical <laughs> African-American hair, right? Atypical job. So post-treatment life looks like this. You know, I do shows now, you know, the hair department, they call me. I'm like, what do you want? Do you want straight hair? Do you want curls? You know, I can even make the the change on the fly, on the day, you know? Mm. I shot a a pilot for HBO Max like five months ago. And at the end of the pilot, we have a jacuzzi scene. And so the director on the day, and that's like industry speak for like right before we shoot, was like, you know, I want Shalita to go underneath the water and come up. Now, (laughs) when, when you have to do one thing when you're acting, like one thing, you don't do it just once. Like those eating scenes, you know, you got to real pros. You don't be eating that food. You get like <laughs> one or two because you're going to be like sick by the end. because You have to do it over and over again. Sonia, when the director was like, <laughs> I want her to get in the water. My black, bald, male hairstylist that they hired was in the corner having a conniption fit. He was like, she's black. She can't get her hair wet. What is this? <laughs> what is this? This is going to be a disaster. It's going to take me forever to reset her every time. Uh, uh. And so the director just looks at me and, and for me, you know, I'm having this like dual experience of like actress, but also like entrepreneur who created a life changing product. And I'm like, yeah, that is the feeling. Cause I haven't felt this in years. <laughs> right. So it's like watching him like, yeah, it do feel crazy. That's right. So she looked at me and she was like, Shalita, what is going to happen when your hair gets wet? And I was like, oh, it's just going to curl. It's just going to curl. And that's what it did. It just curled and I was under and up, under and up to the point where, yes. And I looked amazing to the point where he had like, I don't know where he went in the shooting night, but the, the, one of the white women hair people that was there to watch the actresses, you know, I'm in the holding room and she looks at me and she's like, so you you got to be like mixed with something, right? And I was like, why would she just say that? And I'm like, right, because we're in like between seventh and eighth take and my hair is just these beautiful like curls. So I explained to her, no, I am not mixed. This is all due to a treatment, a four naturals treatment. Come sit down by me. Let me show you what it can do. <laughs> So let's, and let's talk about the product, right? So you, you started the business in 2019, but you introduced product last year. And so what was for, for, and for people in our audience who are thinking about developing products or have developed products, what was that process of getting from having the business and now having products that you're going to sell? Like, how did you decide how many products and, um, and what should be in these products so that they could be effective in the marketplace? 
Yeah. So when I perfected the henna mud mask, I immediately got my patent application started. So the henna mud mask is patent pending and uh, the four naturals detangling method is patent pending and also copywritten. That was the other aspect of our hair care is detangling. Like how do you have like several handfuls of hair on the side of the bathtub and not end up bald. Like it's crazy, but also it hurts and it's scary and you don't want to do it. So you don't do it often. And that's part of the problem too. And so I developed a method that's short, fast, thorough, pain-free. Um, so 2019, I did my testing period. Then I opened up the hair spa. And then the whole world changed. Uh, the pandemic happened and everybody had to shut down. So I did one reopen and shut down. And I was like, this isn't actually like the end of the business plan. Like I actually have other things in this business plan. So I switched to direct to consumer. So why did it take me two years to get product, Right. Depends on the cosmetic manufacturer you work with. So <laughs> I gave my formula um, to this cosmetic chemist to um, get a, a basic formulation and also for her to test out some um, natural preservatives. Because while my concentrate was great, if you're going to bottle, bottle this up, it would rot, which was why I never made it for people. I always made it per customer um, because it would just rot. So um, she, we got the, the natural preservative done. Great. And then we had all of the supply chain issues, um, things getting caught up in canals. Uh, my glass jars, I use amber glass jars. They're very popular and they're hard to get a hold of. So I, you know, my first initial order was for a thousand units. And then it was like the all of the issues. And I was like, Hey, if I need to like re up on this, I better have like some stock. So I bought 9,000 more uh, of the jars just so that I have it for when I'm ready to refill. And so, um, my cosmetic chemist was Fulala and Sonia. She was out here doing conferences and, you know, just like people were quitting and I'm on the phone every week with the customer service person. I mean, it was, it was bad business basically. And so, um, in 2021, um, at the end of 2021, I was like, I've given this woman $40,000. This is like all of my packaging. This is like buying all my materials. And it's like, I don't have, I only have like 2,500 units of the conditioner, no henna, which is the hero product. And no, like I, I, did like 5,000 of the, of the, um, conditioner. And so at the end of that year, I was like, I'm gonna have to call her. And so near my little soul, I'm just like, I just, you know, birds and, you know, fool Allah and just have a wonderful time in life. But man, when the rubber hits the road, sometimes you got to just let them know where you come from. And I was like, I have a feeling that I am being scammed. You know, like I have a feeling mm -hmm. that you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And if you don't have X, Y, and Z by X, Y, and Z, I am prepared because I don't have product to sell. You are in my way. I'm going to have to get you out of my way. So I'm prepared to go to every conference that you've spoken to and let them know my experience as your client until I can get my stuff. And you know what? February 14th, just like <laughs> sweet. You know what I'm saying? I keep it sweet. <laughs> Valentine's Day. I got my Valentine's product. Valentine's Day. I got, <laughs> got my product. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what happened. It works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, you know, I should let the, the audience know, too, that you are um, currently in Mexico. So I, you know, and previous to us talking, you were 40 you were just living 40 miles away from this erupting volcano. Popo and, so, and Popo. <laughs> and so, you know, just really grateful that you actually made time to, um, to come on and talk to us about this amazing product, your amazing journey, your attitude about, um, you know, just self-care and putting yourself first. Um, please tell us where we can um, follow you and 
buy your product. Okay. Well, just go to fournaturalshair.com. That's F-O-U-R as in the hair type. Naturals as in all of us because the treatment does help all hair um, and hair. Go to the store page and that's where you can purchase. You'll also find uh, all of our salon partners. We have three right now. We're working in Tennessee, California, and Rhode Island. Uh, but the plan is to be nationwide. And um, yeah, I just always tell people though, before you even make the purchase, hang out on the education page. Because I love the education page. You it's, did you tell will, me more. You will love, no, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm telling the audience, you will love uh, the education page because you do, you show people how to use the product. You talk about the hair. We see the progression. And again, it goes back to most of us just don't understand our hair to be able to take care of it. And so, um, yes, you will love the education page. So please continue. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. And you can follow us on IG um, as okay. well, fournaturalshair.com. Okay. Yeah. Right. Email <laughs> us. <laughs> why, why did you move to Mexico? Where were you oh. living before you before you moved? Were you oh, in California? So we bought to get deep, girl. We oh, we love getting deep. Out. That's what this is about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all right, let me tell you the story, right? So I paid a lot of attention in school, even though I didn't have like the bandwidth all the time because I was actually living an adult life as a child. I really appreciated everything that I learned. And it was in civics class that, so my mom's side of the family is Nation of Islam and my dad's side of the family is like kind of Christian, kind of nothing. Um, so when I moved in with my mom's side of the family and was um, living with them, you know, I got this like political education at home about what it means to be an American and specifically a black American. And my, ex my family's experience and, you know, everything that I was learning at home and everything that I was learning from civics did not match up. And so when I, in, in high school, my second high school, Baltimore School for the Arts, we went to uh, England. I was 17 years old. First time leaving the country. I was the first person in my family to leave the country. The first person in my family at that point to get on a plane. So this was like huge. And it was in England that I became a full citizen. What do I mean by that? At 17, I was just an American. In my own country, you know, black, African-American, you know, like all of these things, you know, but never just an American, you know. And so since that experience of being 17, it was like, wow, I do think that I want to build a life outside of the country. And so, you know, in my 34, 35 years, you know, I've lived all over the U.S. And so when the pandemic hit, it just displayed like it my industry now, like we're not even working like we're totally on strike, like the actors are about to mm -hmm. strike, like, like it's it's upheaval. And so. I was like, I could live anywhere and do these tapes. So I sold my house after I shot you. And um, I went to Texas. I was there for like two weeks. I was like, I don't think I like it here. Um, and so my partner is a dual citizen. She's Mexican and American. And I was like, yo, let's just keep going south of the border. And she was like, for real? And I was like, yeah, let's go. So we just spent all of 2021, we drove all over this here land just looking for a city that works for us. And we found Puebla. Uh, we thought it was so charming, all of our views of the volcano. You know, like we wait, like we had this one Airbnb. We were on the 14th floor. And every morning we wake up to El Popo. Like, oh, look at, oh, look at the little smoke. Oh, great. We had no idea that just like a year and a half later we would be displaced. And so... <laughs> But I just believe in going where you're treated best, Sonia. Just go where you're treated best, right? And so um, the people of Mexico are very lovely. Um, as long as you're respectful, you don't have an issue. That's like, you know, the first thing you get from me. And so um, it's just been a really easy life here. Like it's just been easier. And we travel – and I, there's this song, uh, Sativa by Janae Aiko. And mm -hmm. at the end of it, the guy is like, are you living 
or are you just surviving? Mm. And I feel like I'm living. You feel like you're living. Yeah. I love that. What's what's next for you? This product is going to... So when you go public, like I want to be able to buy shares because I know that this <laughs> is... You're going to grow this too. It's going to be a public company and you're going to make a lot of people rich if we buy shares early enough. So, but aside from that, like where do you, where do you see everything going? Like I um, just, the acting, the, the product line... I don't know. I I find, I hope, my hope is that, yeah, like I'd love to get another show. Sure. But my heart is really with this product. I can my tell. My heart is you really with <laughs> It really is. Like Sonia, the difference between someone being like, oh my God, I loved you on the show. And oh my God, like my relationship with my daughter is much better because I'm not crashing through her hair every day. Like we have easier mornings. Like, thank you. That hits different. So mm. for me, like my hope is that, you know, the word gets out. I have this Tubi commercial that's going on all summer, uh, just attacking wig culture. I'm hoping, you know, just to do more <laughs> of that marketing, more of that, mm. like, hey, black girl, I'm here for you. Like, this is for you. This is it. And I just, like, I, I want a future where, like, I go on vacation and I see a bunch of black women without braids and oh their gorgeous God. hair. And I know and I did that. Know. Right. <laughs> and you'll know. We'll all know. Yeah. How that happened. Wow. Well, I am, I'm excited to try your product. Um, I hope that everyone enjoyed. I know I did. This was such a treat to have you on here. I feel so inspired by you. And um, yeah, we just wish you great luck and would love to have you back as you expand to hear more of your story and to hear more of um, how you're transforming Black women, because we love that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. All righty. And thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be back again next week with another dynamic guest. Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcast. On social media, on IG, at business underscore first underscore podcast. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Business First Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.